Welcome to Bongwa's Bays, your go-to source for bite-sized tips on launching and running a business. Ami Tanzia, a Balanchier entrepreneur based in UK, working with fashion, marketing, beauty, and hospitality, and in love with traveling, gardening, and my family and friends. Our Ami Afrin, a nerd, bookworm, fashion and beauty obsessed Bangladeshi based in Canada, working with a global women's organization. We are here to help you with your business. So sit back and relax with your favorite cup of tea or coffee with us, two besties, to enjoy the show. And don't forget to hit subscribe so that you don't miss any of our latest episodes released every Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Hi, welcome to episode 17. Today we'll be discussing things that we learn from reading business books. There is so much information out there and so many great authors that, you know, when you read the books, you learn a lot of things. We've just shortened it to a few things that stood out to me and a few that stood out to Tanzia um, and decided to share that with you. So Tanzia, do you want to go first? Hi, everyone. Thank you, Afreen, for giving me the floor. So um, I am quite addicted to reading books when I need to know things. Um, I read quite a bit of books, but I wouldn't say um, all of them I take um, a lot of interest on or I read very in detail. But recently I have read two books. One, I would say you can put it in a business context. Um, It also helps you in life as well. Um, And the other one is clearly a business book. So I will talk about those two books today. Um, First book that I would like to talk about is Art of Thinking Clearly. And the book is by Rolf Dobelli. And Um, I was reading this book because of the pandemic situation that was happening and there were so many things I was thinking about and I was a little bit, um, clouded with my thoughts that which way I should go, uh, which way I should go and how I should target things, um, what I should do first and things like that. So I heard about this book from one of my I would say friend as well as acquaintance who's in pretty much in the same business as me with um, beauty and beauty products. And she has referred me that I can read this book and probably um, sort out my way of thinking. So I read this book, I think about last month and I found out very, very clear things that uh, this book talks about. One of the main important thing that this book um, widely talks about, or I can summarize it in a few lines, would be um, it talks about how people's thinking are very biased. Uh, their thinking patterns are very biased because of the way they have been living or they have heard people talk about certain things and uh, the judgment that they hear from people or they experience. And then their thinking process becomes really biased. They, they do not 
think in a very open way. Um, so it was something I was shedding a lot of light on and I was trying to find out, okay, so if I'm thinking in biased way in these, these aspects, then how should I actually open up? So the book is quite clear, no matter how wise you are or, um, how probably jotted, uh, thought process you have, you, I think you should read this book, even as for a business person, um, it makes you think very, uh, openly and makes you have a very neat thought process. Three things I would say this book, uh, teaches you is number one, all the things that you think of, or you face in this world, most of it is not in your control. So if you are thinking and you feel quite helpless and you feel like, oh, this is not going the way it is, which is very important during this pandemic, everything is not in your control. This is what the pandemic is trying to teach you. So that is one very important thing this book tries to teach you about thinking is you should worry less because everything is not in your control and you should focus on the things that is in your control and make that thing better. Um, how you can do that? Um, read the book. <laughs> it will tell you more in details. The other thing, number two thing I would say this book teaches you is um, we don't always know how to value things um, because of the way we um, think of things or we sometimes even uh, take the easy way out by settling for what is available. So when we compare, when we compare in our thought process about something or make a choice about something, we actually look into what is easy, what is very clearly what is easy, but do we actually think about it in a more deep down process that it is not easy? So sometimes say, for example, um, if you consider this in a business aspect, we, we buy something for our business or we buy something for ourselves because we see that it's discounted or it's uh, a stock clearance and we just go and buy a lot of them. Um, and our employees or our business gets used to that. Uh, because it's stock clearance or because it's discounted, would that business be able to source that again? Or would that be available again if something happens to that product? Um, it's not something we think about. And that is when we get into trouble. So we actually have a thought process that is clouded up because it's much easy or it's much available. We don't go into the deeper thought for it. So it's something um, we should consider not to think in that way. <clears throat> Sorry about my voice. Um, so that is one thing the book also teaches you. So we should make our thought process much more precise and much more long-term when we think. Third thing and the last thing I would talk about that this book taught me for um, regarding thinking and that could relate to the business is we sometimes um, cloud up our thinking because we have too many options. And when we have too many options, we do um, decide badly. So we, what, what is also called, um, a decision fatigue. So 
when we have too many options, we do tend to um, get into a lot of details to reach a decision. It sometimes is very draining. And that is when when we get into too much details, when we have to, because we have too many options, we get into too much details to make come to a decision. That's when our thoughts are not as clear. Um, so that is something we need to limit ourselves to, that we we shouldn't give uh, ourselves too many options. We should stick to less options so that we don't reach a decision fatigue by comparing and contrasting things. Um, of course, all the options are not in, again, our hands. Sometimes um, the retails or uh, the world actually gives you too many options. So that's when we should leave um, the fact of taking decisions on other people instead of ourselves. So we can delegate the decision-making because if we are going to make too many decisions in our business or in our lives, then we can reach a point where we will have decision fatigue. Again, number point, uh, number one point will help you um, adopt to number three point because, again, it tells you that you're not in control. So these are the things, as I said, the book will help you personally as well as for business. These are the three things I learned from this book. Um, the other book, which is very business related, and it is something I have seen my father read um, and was something I decided to read again. Um, I think it was this month. And uh, I decided to read it because I was a little concerned about, oh, um, the businesses that I'm building or I'm doing, uh, how should I actually structure it or how should I actually think about it? Because again, the pandemic is making us think a lot of things about business, a lot of things differently, especially about business. So I read this book and the book is called Built to Last and it is by James C. Collins. And um, it's an amazing book. It was written in the 1940, um, sorry, 1994. And um, initially, I thought about reading it just to understand businesses that was um, built during that time, built during the 90s, and how the business people were thinking during the 90s, which might be probably different um, what they're doing now. But after I read the book, I figured that the book is very evergreen, and it is something um, anybody can read in any time. So I will talk about a um, few things I learned from that book. And before I actually talk about it, I would like to say that it talks uh, or it lists 18 visionary companies and gives examples of thousands of visionary companies, but it lists 18 very specific visionary companies. So <clears throat> I would say the few things that I learned from this book um, would be number one, that any good business starts with a good idea or any idea because um, I think any company that um, has to start or any business that has to start, definitely it has to start with somebody who comes up with an idea and thinks, okay, I can actually start this business um, with this idea. But also, um, businesses does run out of ideas. 
uh, I can give you a good example, which was also mentioned in that book, was Sony, which is uh, which what what happened with Sony was uh, Akio Morito and Masuro Ibuku when they started Sony, they ran out of idea of what to do with Sony. So even the team sat down and um, they were brainstorming, and they even thought about um, building something which is or uh, launching something which was very different from electronics. So because they were running out of ideas after they launched, um, they had to do this. So your good idea need to be something that you can stick to. Even it happened with Apple uh, when they were building excellent computers and laptops and things like that. But they actually had to brainstorm and start the idea of launching a phone, which was, I think, their best ever idea that they came up with. So when you start a business, which any visionary business has to be, it has to be an idea, but make sure you don't run out of it. That's what the business, uh, that's what the book was trying to tell you. So um, if you want to as a business process, or if, if you want to as a business institute or an organization or, or a company, um, it's instead of focusing on just the idea because you will run out of it, it will eventually become old. Focus on the process of generating an idea. So focus on the process, how you will be generating ideas. Focus on disciplining that process, systemizing that process so that you can actually generate ideas whenever it's required and you can actually produce good leaders to generate ideas. And inevitably, the result will be good ideas. So that's one thing I learned from that book. The other thing is... um, Every company, every good company or every visionary company has to have a core ideology. Um, One example uh, for this I will talk about is Tropic Skincare, which I actually work with as well. And I have seen when Susie Ma, the founder and CEO, actually um, came up with her core ideology. Um, and her core ideology was green beauty. Beauty uh, should be green and clean. Um, so she wanted um, to run a business, run a company that is going to um, have sustainable green um, products that will not harm the environment, that will not harm humans, and that will be clean. It will not in any way pollute or damage any part of the earth. And she felt deeply about it, and that's what she wanted the business idea to be. Other than being a business, this is what she wanted it to happen. So she found this when she was on the Strive Challenge with Richard Branson, and that is what she runs the business um, according to. And all her uh, team members, her management, even us as Tropic Ambassadors. This is what we promote and we believe in. And that's what brings the company closer. Um, Even if it's such a big company, this is what we actually all do. So every business needs to have its own ideology to run itself. Um, The last and the not the least, but last for me, um, that I have learned, the last point that I have learned from this um, book is 
a visionary company um is like a cult so what it means is for a visionary company if you are going to run or be a part of a visionary company you have to decide that you are either in or you're out you either like it and you want to do something with that company um you either want to run a visionary company with that ideology or you don't um why is uh it that said because you have to be very rigid or there's very less space with um how or what what you will actually uh do with that ideology you cannot change it you will definitely stick with it so therefore there's very less space for you to actually work around that ideology so therefore <clears throat> you are either in or you're out one good example uh would be disney um with disney a very simple example is in Dis uh, if you're working with disney you do not or use any curse words like even shit or damn or any other curse word that is much more serious. The only four letter words that you can actually use is love. If you are going to be found using any of these um, curse words or bad words, then you will be fired. So it is kind of like a decision that you have to take into that you are not going to be um being in that characteristics that you would actually use these sort of words. If you can't do it, then you're out. So these are something very important. And I think it's very important for any business to actually have these sort of things. And if you do have it, then yes, you are building a business that is going to last. It's very simple things, but a lot of people don't actually give importance to it. Uh, I think it's something very good in the long run and a business actually prides itself, prides itself um, having all these characteristics or having all these things in themselves. So it was a really good book to for me to read. And I'm really focusing on <clears throat> these points for my businesses as well. The other books that I always, or a series of books that I always rely on for running my business, if I um, need to know something or if I'm stuck somewhere is a dummy series. I always keep going back on the dummy series no matter what. And if I'm stuck on anything, I just search up if the dummy series have it. If they do, I order it and I just read it. It's really helpful. It's very precise. If I don't even read it line by line, the parts that I don't understand, I just go read that, refer to that and read it and I find out. So, Afreen, you tell me about, or you tell us about what you learned about um, business from the books you have read recently or previously. Thank you, Tanzia, for handing over the mic. Uh, we learned a lot of good information from her. Um, actually, I don't have any specific books to refer to like her because, um, I don't know, as I read books, I kept certain notes that, you know, I kept certain points in my mind, uh, but I never really, you know, uh, went back and, see, you know, try to refer back to see which books they were from. But there are certain things that I learned. Um, number one, I'll just share them in points. It's just easier that way. Um, number one thing I learned is to do one extra activity every day. Um, you might think it's nothing, but if you just do one extra thing a day, it adds up eventually. Um, the second tip that I learned was, you know, instead of telling people how to do certain things, um, 
you tell them what to do and tell them to surprise you. Of course, I mean, you have to know if they have the skills or not, but often if you always have to tell your employees or others, you know, your um, contractors, how certain things need to be done. Like if you always have to give the details, then it's taking up all of your time. So hire somebody who has enough um, experience so that you can tell them what to do. And, you know, you have enough faith in their ability to surprise you in a good way, of course. (laughs) Tip number three is to figure out what you really want to do when you want to start a business. Do you want to be a billionaire or you want to live like one? Or, you know, let's forget about billionaires. Let's talk about millionaires because billionaire is hard. (laughs) But (laughs) ask yourself, uh, why am I starting this business? Do I want to earn that much money or do I want to live like a rich person? Um, Actually, this one is from a very recent book. So this one, I know which book it's from. It's called the four hour work week. Um, Here it talks about, do you want to earn a lot of money working 80 hours a week? Or do you want to have a four hour week and have a rich life? So it's very interesting. Uh, You can go ahead and take a look at the book. Um, I found this tip very thought provoking because it really made me think that what do I want from my business, from my life? Do I want to be rich or do I want to live um, a life like the rich. Tip number four is execution is more valuable than ideas. Everyone has ideas. I mean, we all have multiple ideas, but none of these matter if we don't, you know, execute them. Um, you might have an idea for a certain software, but and 10 other people might have the same idea. Whoever creates it first will be the person um, who wins, you know, whoever does it first properly, of course. I mean, we're talking about a scenario where others are launching it successfully before you. So um, often it's, uh, you know, better to start working on your ideas rather than trying to pile up more and more ideas. And my last tip is don't be afraid to fail. Failure is important when you want to succeed. So the sooner you fail, the faster you'll be able to succeed in, you know, getting rid of the bad strategies. If you fail after a long time, then all those time is wasted. So it's better for you that when you start a business, you're failing, but you're quickly learning and adjusting accordingly. So yeah, these are my five tips. I know they're not as elaborate as the ones Tanzia shared. I just wanted to share quick tips with you guys because I knew that. Definitely. Those were good tips. I mean, like the main point that you said, I which really sung in me is execution is more it is so true and a lot of people does fail in executing so it is it is a very good tip i would say thank you so much so guys that's it for today's episode don't forget to like our show and hit subscribe